What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on ComboChurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. Thank you, guys. Thank you, worship team. My name is Chantel Brewer. I'm one of the preachers here. I teach stuff. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Um, We're going to start with a quote. So A.W. Tozer once said, a whole new generation of Christians has come up believing that it is possible to accept Christ without forsaking the world. I'm going to read that one more time. A whole new generation of Christians has come up believing that it is possible to accept Christ without forsaking the world. And it came up in my devotional um, a few weeks ago, and it caused me to pause. And I've tried to get into this new habit where every time something causes me to pause, whether it's a conversation I'm having with someone or if I'm asking somebody how they're doing or we're in a conversation and maybe their face doesn't reflect actually what their words are saying or, you know, a a quote, a line in a song, you know, worship, something, where I I feel a little pause. I'm trying to get into the habit of checking in with the Holy Spirit and just asking, you know, is this true of me? Um, is there something here for me? Am I supposed to be learning something or, or taking something with me and maybe passing it on at another time? Or is there something that you want me to say in this moment? And I just really encourage you, that's kind of a, a discipline that I've added, and it's been pretty amazing. All the time we're asking to hear from God, and, and then you know, we kind of we steamroll or we talk through what it is that he has for us in the day. And, and um, it's, it's pretty humbling, actually, when he starts to speak. And uh, who doesn't love hearing from God? I'm, there's so many times where I'm all, if you could just give me the, the skinny, give me the bullet points, and I'm on my way. And, uh, but then I talk over what he's actually say, you know, saying to me. So I paused and uh, you know, just really prayed, Lord, what is it that you have for me in this space? And, and something that he actually pointed out or something that I noticed is that the word accept is in quotes. So I'll preface this by saying I'm a teacher. I teach, I'm going to be teaching second grade this year. And um, so when, when you use quotes, it's for one of two reasons. And, and maybe this is the only thing you guys are going to take with you today. And I'm okay with that as an educator in our community. So when we use quotation marks, it means, (laughs) sorry, that was salty and not from the Lord. Okay. I'll clarify. It means that you are actually quoting somebody's words, so you're saying what they're saying and you're giving them credit for it, or in a sentence, if I said um, that the word satiate means, I would put satiate in, in quotes, right? If it's used any other times, you guys, it's incorrect, okay? So <laughs> jot that down. I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm looking at this and I'm like, wait, why is the word accept in quotes, that's so bizarre to me. Um, so uh, we're gonna pray, and then we're gonna we're gonna dive in. Because I don't know about you guys, but these last several weeks that we our um, preaching team, I hope you guys realize how much prayer, how much leadership, how much discernment, how much um, gosh, just heart goes into the messages that God gives us. I feel like the Holy Spirit every week has just been 
really showing up powerfully. And, and what I want in, in my life, and I, and I hope it's what you guys want, is every time we show up here to grow just a little bit, even a little bit more than we did last week, which is, I realize that that's saying something, because last week was, the last several weeks even, have been so far powerful. And I'm not saying like the previous months were kind of lame. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like some, there's a shift. <laughs> my disclaimer. There's just been a shift in the atmosphere, and I'm here for it. So let's, let's pray. Father God, we just, Lord, we adore you. We come to you and we just submit. We surrender whatever it is that we've walked in here with, Lord, and we just give you full reign right here. Teach us what it means to submit. Teach us what it means not to pick up something that you've instructed us to lay down. I pray that as we listen to the word today, as we listen to your words today, that each of us is encouraged that we are challenged to grow, and that we do not leave the same. Just be with us today, Lord, in a way that only you can actually help us to hear and discern. Open our ears, open our hearts, and any place that there is still maybe walls or struggles that we've walked in here with or that we keep insisting on hanging on to, God, I just pray that you would break those down, that you would reveal those to us, take off our blinders so we can see what it is that you want us to see today. We love you so much, Jesus. We're grateful for you. And it's in your name we pray these things. Amen. All right, so let's take a look at um, air quotes, not maybe used correctly. So I'm just saying, if it's not eggs, you guys, what fresh brown are we picking up when we leave this place? I'm uncomfortable already, and it's only slide one, right? Okay, this one made me laugh. I actually laughed right out loud, and the guy that was near me was like, I had to apologize. Um, I mean, are we coming there? We're not coming there. Are we worshiping? What are we doing when we arrive? And gazebo? I don't, they're not wanting us at a gazebo. Is this the gazebo that's not really a gazebo? I don't even know. Next one. This one terrified me. And I absolutely do not want to go to this play. It says, please be advised that a blank gunshot will be fired in Act 3. <laughs> Does that mean it's not a blank? Do you see what I'm saying? All right, next one. <laughs> Timmy. Uh, you, it's hard to see with this one, but it says he's an officer. <laughs> and um, you matter, or you don't. I don't know. <laughs> These are the books we gave our children to read back in the day. I don't know. And the next one, I think, is the last one and probably my most favorite one. So this, you guys, what's coming out of this dispenser? Okay, it's lotion. I don't understand whatsoever what is happening. And so now, now that's your, thank you for coming, boys and girls. That is our lesson on quotation marks. Um, but going back to the original quote, it it, I mean, it really adds some weight here. So it's... There, a whole new generation of Christians has come up believing that it is possible to accept Christ without forsaking the world. That, that changes this entire statement even because what do we, again, let's pause and ask each of you right now, talk to God. Is this true of me, Lord? Am I just air quote accepting you? Is there something here for me or is there something that you want me to say? So when, when Tozer uses these quotes, what he's saying is, he means that Christians that he's referring to aren't accepting Christ at all, or partially. Yeah. 
It's saying that it's, it's not the true Jesus Christ who we know is the word, right? Scripture says he is the word. So he's saying that we're not actually accepting this. We're calling ourselves Christians, but just enough to, to live and believe in the, the bits that sit well with us. And I, 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 don't, I don't want to be that guy, nor do I want to be the guy that changes my, what I'm saying about God to make him fit what I believe, you know, this my truth is, again, air quotes, my truth belongs in air quotes, you guys, because the only actual truth is the word of God. That's it. And so when we choose to live in the way that this quote is saying with this air quotes accepting Christ, what we're doing is we're actually placing ourselves on, it's a slippery slope, because pretty soon we're in a space where there's so many things that are being said, and it's like, gosh, that, that really sounds profound, or that sounds um, intelligent, or that sounds, yeah, that sounds like God. That sounds like what God would want to say, but it's really just one step to the left of truth, which goes back to the beginning of time, you guys. That was Adam and Eve's story, that, you know, Satan didn't take the shape of a snake and come and have a chit-chat with him and be like, your God is fake. Because they knew that. They saw him all the time. They had an actual real relationship with him. So they would have seen right through that. What he did was he just posed questions over and over. Did God really say? Did he really? Do you really think that? And so what he's doing is he's, in a way, he's manipulating doubt right into our mind. He's planting doubt. And if we are not rooted in what matters, these pages, then we're not going to be sure. Like singing those promises you know, we're not, we're not rooted in God's promises. So when someone says them to us and then somebody else right next to us, even a godly person sometimes, you guys, will question. They'll, they'll create doubt in you because they're not as firmly rooted as they should be. And so then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to be believing. But the truth is that God wants it to be clear for us. He, he gives us this example in, in Psalm 1, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Psalm 1. Um, oh, are we turning in our Bibles? All right, if you want to turn in your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the message, so it'll be a little bit different. Um, here at Convo, we like to settle into the um, NLT, the New Living Translation, and that doesn't mean it says better stuff. <laughs> it just, um, it's translated in a way to help us to understand the words, because originally scripture was written in Hebrew and Greek. So um, in the message in Psalm 1, 1 through 6 is actually what I'm going to read. It says, how well God must like you. You don't walk in the ruts of those blind as bats. And you don't stand with the good-for-nothings. You don't take your seat among the know-it-alls. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You are a tree planted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. You're not at all like the wicked, who are mere wind-blown dust, without defense in court, unfit company for innocent people. God charts the road you take. The road they take leads to nowhere. So essentially this is saying we can either be rooted in God, in God's word, where we thrill to God's word. We're so excited for it. We're thrilled, even the hard stuff. We're thrilled because we trust God. We get to be thrilled because we trust God. Even though this, something I'm reading is hard or it's confusing or you know, it really doesn't make sense with, with my culture and my understanding, 
it's worth it to dig down to it. I still like, I, I, I love God enough. I trust him enough that I want to get to the bottom of it. It's okay to wrestle in that, in that space, you know, to wrestle with those words. It says you chew on scripture day and night. These are Jesus followers. And then because of those things, you actually are a tree replanted in Eden, which is like heaven on earth. The, the most perfect growing space ever to have existed on the planet. You bear fresh fruit every month. You know, when do most things bear fruit? Like in the fall, right? It's seasonally. It's like at the harvest time. Um, you never drop a leaf. You're always in blossom, which means you're always attracting people to you with what God has rooted and in, in growing in you. And then that verse six, it says, God charts the road you take. The road they take leads to nowhere. And essentially, I feel like, you guys, I feel like he's, we have two choices. We are either on a path that we are following God, that we are getting to know him through stories, through, through scripture, through other people's life lessons. We're getting to know him in that way. Or, which, which is the, chart, the charted road that God has before us. Or, we're taking the path that leads to nowhere. And how exhausting. You guys, I don't know about you, but by the end of the day, you know, we do so much in our time, I'm tired. And I would hate it if at the end of my life, if at the end of this day, if at the end of every day, I knew it led to nowhere. That would make me mad. I think it was so wasted. I don't know about you, but I don't like to, I don't like to do things when I know that it's for nothing. It really frustrates me. I, I, I will just be like, nah, no, nah, I'm good. Even when God's like, go confront this person. And I'm all, why? They're not going to change. <laughs> Hard pass. And he's like, I'm sorry, this is less about you <laughs> and more about what I'm asking you to say right now. But I mean, it's, you know, that's my human tendency. A few weeks ago, we had a, a guest pastor. Um, he is the director of Foster the City. And he taught on remarkable compassion. And it was so fantastic. I was taking like pages and pages of notes. And what he was talking about was, you know, they were able to actually remark on compassion because it's something that we've chosen to put into our lives. We actually have something to say about it. And he, what he said was, we're able to remark on compassion because we understand it. But if we're not putting that in our lives, if we're not being intentional, can we really remark on it? And funnily enough, um, it made me think of this time where, I, I, so I've grown up in church and I've taken several of those uh, spiritual gifts tests. And um, I took, I've probably, and the first one I took maybe was like my Sunday school teacher or something had me take it. And then youth group, we took them. And then when I first came on as a pastor in our church down there, we took it again to see like what I, you know, what was, what are my actual spiritual gifts and where, where would I lead best? And um, every single time it comes up with about the same top three, sometimes in different orders, but consistently I would get a zero in compassion. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't even know. And so I actually, I do care about people, I promise. It's just that God has wired me in a way that I don't carry um, their other people's feelings. I don't carry emotion in that way. And it actually makes me really good at dealing with people who are in severe trauma, like, you know, working one-on-one -on -one with girls who have been trafficked. It doesn't, I, I, don't, um, I don't 
connect to what they're saying in such a way that I, it, it bogs me down. I'm able to actually keep walking with them and keep walking with them. So, you know, there's a plus to it. And it's not that I'm not compassionate. I don't care. It's just that it manifests differently. So on these tests, who I'm pretty sure are rigged by somebody who's high in compassion, I, like, I get a zero. So I was so frustrated by that. And you know how when you guys take those little, like, BuzzFeed tests or whatever, where it's like, what office character are you? And you know you want to be Jim Halpert. And so you're like, you know, you, you choose the answers you want it to be because you know where it's going, right? Do you like sarcastic comments? Obviously. You know, how many times can I check that one? And, you know, so you, you kind of cheat a little. So, okay, I cheated a little, okay, because I was tired of getting a zero in compassion. And <laughs> I got to the end of the test, and I got a one. Even with cheating, you guys, it's just not... For everyone, I don't know. But I'm kidding. It is for everyone. But I did honestly cheat, and I did honestly get a one. And it was just God saying, bro, it's fine. We're all gifted. We're a whole body. It's fine. Let it go. But the truth is, I can remark on compassion, but maybe not as well as someone whose gifting is truly compassion, right? Um, you know, or, or someone whose gifting is Hospitality. I don't understand that, frankly. My husband is so good at hospitality. He will, we'll have people over and he offers them water. I think that's so crazy. I've invited you to my house. Get your own water when you want it, okay? The, ca the cups are probably where you think they would be. I just don't even think about it. But it's not, you know, again, it's not my gifting. He's so good at it. He really does more than that, too. He's like, he whispers stuff to me. Have you asked your friends if they want to stay for dinner? Have you? I'm like, I didn't do any of that, babe. I just, I made dinner. They're here, you know, aren't they? <laughs> I can't remark on hospitality, you guys. I can remark on things like being a wife. I've been doing that for a little over 26 years now. I can remark on things, and you know, all the things. I can remark on being a mama. I've been doing that for about 25 years now. I mean, there's a lot. I can remark on being a daughter. I've been doing that for even longer. I'm not going to tell you how long, but even longer. So, I mean, I can remark on a lot of things. I can remark on teaching. Do you want to know anything about ending trafficking? Please come see me. I would love to chat with you about it. Do you want to know? Uh, we've already done quotes. Do you guys want to do semicolons? <laughs> I am your girl. But some of these other things, I don't know if I can remark on them well. Because we actually remark on the, we remark on the things that we know. As a society, we seem, I'm going to use air quotes, we seem... Um, to know a lot about what's in the media. We actually, we seem to remark a lot about what's in the media. Uh, you know, as a society, if I asked you, what, you know, what about the war in Ukraine? You know, for like the first three days, man, we were moved. We were appalled. We were frustrated. And then, but if I asked you about it now, I mean, us, uh, collectively, I'm going to include myself in that. What would we know? Unless you're someone who's chosen to follow that really, really closely and stay in tune with that, perhaps it was just an emotional uh, reaction in the, uh, originally. What about the Texas school shooting? Man, there was a couple days there where I could ask anybody and they would have an opinion on who held the door open. Should there have been a chair in the door? Who should, you know, should teachers be allowed to carry guns? Should uh, there be an armed somebody, an armed guard? Uh, all the politicians who have armed guards, but they're against putting, you know what I'm saying? Like this conversation, and I'm not saying, I'm not, um, 
remarking on the validity of any of those opinions. What I'm saying is that we get swept up in these conversations based on what the media tells us we are supposed to care about. And as Christians, you guys, that is not our manual. A hundred percent. That is not, probably not even secondary, quite frankly, because here is my primary source. With school again. I can't even help it. I'm a teacher. Uh, this is my primary source. My mom is my secondary source, okay? <laughs> These guys are my third. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm like, probably my husband's higher than that, honestly. I wouldn't talk to any of you guys before I talked to him. But he'd be like, I don't know, ask your mom. That's weird. So what I'm saying is we have these channels that we could be going to, this that we could be going to, that we don't. And, and what's crazy to me is, you know, when we're sitting at a barbecue or we're on social media, the thing that we talk about, the thing we seem mostly rooted in, as dang experts sometimes, you guys, when we post stuff like it's a fact, it seems to be whatever hot topic the media is talking about rather than what's God doing in my life right now. You know, what, what's the heart of the church needing right now? Where could I be serving more? You know, sharing what God's walking, walking you through right now and asking someone to hold you accountable. Like those conversations seem to be so churchy or I, <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that, but I air quotes, churchy or over the top, right? But what if it was actually more common for us to talk about what God's doing in our life, more common than what we talk about on our, our Facebook page? We're so easily able to remark on front page news. If I walked up to anybody for the last several years and I said, I tested positive, what would you guys assume? COVID, right? Uh, it was back in the day where if I said I tested positive, Mike Brewer is like passed out on the ground because we have five children. <laughs> that means number six O's on the way. We'd be like, clear, right? <laughs> But I don't even have to give context because we have rehearsed, boy, have we rehearsed COVID. And I'm not saying it's not heavy and it's not real and it's not seriously in some people's, I mean, like, this is someone's story now. But, but this is our story first. This is our legacy, you guys. This is our inheritance. Both directions. We're just like this drop in the bucket right now. We're just like this, this dot on a timeline with all of this before us and all of eternity beyond us. And so what are we doing with that time? We speak so confidently about these hard things, like everything is an absolute. And for most of us, these are far away. But what about God's promises? What about when these things actually come close you know, to our, our front door? And we don't even know what to say because we've, we've been rehearsing all the front page news instead of God, rehearsing God's promises. We cannot remark in thing, on things in which we are not rooted. We cannot remark on things in which we are not rooted. We're to be camped out right beside Christ. We are to be camped out, that, that verse in Psalm 1, 2, and 3. We're, we're, and when we are camped out where we're supposed to be, then we are like a tree planted by the waters, the ever-giving waters. Not where, they're, not where the wicked are camped out. Ephesians 3 says we're supposed to be rooted in love. And when that happens, our roots grow down into God's love and make us strong. It literally says our roots grow down into God's love and makes us strong. You, you know, when some of us are, are a little bit rooted, 
but we're not seeking to understand something deeper or to grow. Some of us are rooted, but we're not really attentive to what's growing. We just are like, okay, I did it. I raised my hand in church that day. I got baptized. That's it, right? I'm done. But man, this is, this is supposed to be such a long process. Our whole life is meant for this. And because if you guys were all done, you'd be dead, right? So rest assured, this is God saying, if you're not dead, I'm not done with you, okay? That's in a song. I didn't make that up. That's in a song. It sounds really profound. I don't even know who wrote that. But what happens is we find ourselves accepting, air quotes, accepting most of God's word and leaving the rest up to chance. And, and then, so I'm gonna, we're going to look at Matthew 13 if you want to turn there. And then what happens is, you know, we get to this point where we think, okay, we've got some roots down, but then something crazy comes along, like cancer or a cheating spouse or a death of a child or a death of a spouse. Somebody at church offends you. I'm, I'm going to do it. If you guys could just jot that down. There's a really good chance I am going to be the one here. <laughs> Who does it? And I'm just going to remind you that I'm super, I'm not superhuman, I'm incredibly human. <laughs> I'm superhuman. Um, I'm so overly human, and I, I want to be funny all the time, and so I also don't always want to think about what I'm going to say before I say it, and so I apologize ahead of time. This is who I am. So in Matthew 13, um, Jesus is talking in a He's talking to his disciples, and he's preaching in the form of a parable, which is a story that he uses so that those who are ready to hear, when those who are ready to hear, they can actually understand. And there's other times where he will go on to explain it. And um, this is one of those cases. Wait, I'm in the wrong. Matthew 13, here we go. So uh, verse 24. It's called the parable of the wheat and and the weeds. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seeds in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted seeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the fields where you planted the good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked. No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do so. Let both grow together until the harvest, and then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and put the wheat into the barn. And then if you skip down uh, to 36, he actually explains to the disciples. Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, the son of man, who this is what Jesus calls himself, so he's referring to himself. The son of man is a farmer who plants a good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. Please do not start, start calling unbelievers weeds. That's not what we're preaching here today. They're, they are, this is, again, it's just a parable. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out, of the burn, out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. 
some of us are rooted. Some of, some of you guys in this room are not believers yet, and so you have roots in things that you understand or you'll begin to understand that you need to sever that. You need to sever that. And, and again, going back to that verse 6 in, in Psalm 1, because God's path is going to lead to eternity, and the rest of it leads to nowhere. So rather than leading to nowhere, God's asking you to cut that off. But some of us have put down. So again, I'm, I'm speaking to the believers in this moment. Some of you have roots, but they're not doing anything, and they're just shallow enough, or maybe just barely rooted enough that you've been able to get by so far. But we have a real enemy out there, and he's just waiting to come and plant seeds and mess you up. And so, and, 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 with this analogy, what he's saying is like all the trash, all the weeds, all the, the crazy that's out there, we have to, we have to exist beside it. We are, we are not made to be a church commune, you guys. We are not meant to isolate ourselves. God has called us into this world, into this city, into this neighborhood, into the street that you live on. For however long you are there, you are called to be in your home with your roommates, with your people, with your family, you are in that space. God has planted you there. And so our answer to that is, what are we doing with it? What do we get to do with it? Are you just throwing open the gates and, you know, to the enemy and saying, dude, come plant here? Are you leaving half of it up to chance? You know, like you're saying, yeah, I said yes to Jesus. I'm a Christian now. I got baptized. I joined a crew. There's, there's more. Every single time, there's more. And we're just, we're layering on these, um, I guess, like, parts of community. We're laying on our understanding. You know, we're, we're layering on prayer, a little bit more prayer, a little more timely prayer, not just saving it before meals. You know, we're actually seeking God first thing in the morning, leading a life that's led in gratitude. All that's in Scripture. And then pay attention to your left and to your right. Who is planted around you? Are they godly? What are they saying? What are they sharing on their social media? Are they the, are they the lost, but they're the loudest? Because as Christians, we're too afraid to offend people with the message, this good news that we've been given. If we don't stand on truth, on the word, we, we will be blown from major new story to major new story. You know, I mean, that, I don't know about you guys, but that is what I'm seeing. People are just blown from here to there and all over. Do you know what scripture calls it when we, air quote, accept Christ and refuse to leave the world behind us? It's not a great word. I'm going to turn, I'm going to end with this in James 4. And I hope that you know, as I was preparing this, I was so um, just unsure of everything that God wanted me to share. I bragged on myself for finding James so quickly at the first service, and now it's lost to me. There it is. I was a little haughty about it, I guess. So when I was praying about, what is it, Lord? What's the, what is the takeaway I, f I really feel like he gave me this scripture, so I'm just going to really ask that you lean in. If you, if you need to close your eyes, go for it. Um, but if you have your Bible in front of you, follow along and jot some stuff down as I'm saying things. As God is speaking to you, as the Holy Spirit speaks, nudges you, put some notes. 
so that next time you read this, you're going to remember today. You're going to remember what God was saying to you today. It's important when you're reading scripture that you know who the writer is actually addressing. And in this particular case, he's addressing, this is James writing. He's Jesus' half-brother. And what he's saying is, he's talking to the Christians. He's talking to all these people that are claiming to be followers of Christ. And he's calling them out for fighting against each other. And, and essentially what he ends up saying is that we're so focused on our own rights. We're so focused on being right. We're missing actually what God has called us to. And I don't know about you guys, but that is just, to me, that seems to be the loudest message right now. It doesn't matter what side anyone is on of any major news media story. It is, I'm right and these are my rights. But you guys, that's not what scripture calls us to. It wasn't love God, love your neighbor, love your rights. Boy, you're right, right? That's not even in there. It's just the first two, I promise. James 4, 1 through 10 says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. This is what he calls us when we, quote, accept Christ, like Tozer is saying. He says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? You guys, James is one of the most black and white thinkers, and I think that's probably why I love him so much. There is no middle ground here. There's no gray space. You are either a friend of God or you are his enemy. And I realize that that is harsh, but that is truth. My truth, that statement belongs in air quotes, you guys. It means literally nothing. Because this, as a Christian, if you have professed that you are a Christian, this is all that matters. And what this is saying is that you are either a friend of the world or you, wait, if you make yourself a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy, an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives us grace generously. As scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This is, this, these next couple verses is where we are called to be rooted. So humble yourselves before God. We're to be rooted before God in humility, not right. Lord, didn't you see how right I was? I spoke up for you. That's called boasting, not, not the same. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Do you guys hear that? The, how many times the word humble was mentioned there? In case you forget, that's what he's saying at the end. And in case you forget what really matters, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. If you are here today and you are a Jesus follower, meaning that you have prayed and you have accepted Christ as your savior, you say, yes, I believe you are Lord. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you have forgiven me and died on the cross. 
And because death could not hold you, you rose from the grave and you are now in heaven. That, you guys, believing that is what makes you a Jesus follower today. If you've prayed this prayer and you have the living God inside of you, you are walking with the Holy Spirit everywhere you go. You have the power of the Holy Spirit on you. You have a call to share the good news. Your testimony, which is just a church word for saying your story, what you've been through, and how you've gotten through it. And then get, you know, when we tell that testimony, it's giving God the glory. God got me through it. Because I never, I never could have gotten through so many of the things that we've had to walk through on my own. You have a call to share God's word with others where you are rooted, with me, with each other, in small groups, from, you know, using your gifts on the worship team, using your gifts in production, using your gifts in with the kids, with youth, with serving, with cleaning. During prayer nights and Friday night hangouts and everywhere you go, wouldn't it just, how would our world change if the conversation that we led with was, let me just tell you what God did. Let me just tell you how God showed up. Man, this, how was your week? It sucked, but let me tell you how God showed up. I'm there for that conversation, you guys. Because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes stuff is hard. Life is hard, but God shows up. So I'm going to ask you to stop selling us short. We want to know your story. We want to know your testimony. But it needs to be rooted. When you share, it needs to be rooted in that love. It needs to be rooted in humility but you ha it has to be rooted in this word. And so you have to know it. We have to know this. Otherwise, we are leading, our path leads to nowhere. Get up early. Make it matter. Be so deeply rooted in humility before God that the enemy has no choice except to flee. Let's pray. God, you are so faithful. God, you are so good. You're so committed to us. And I just ask, I just say I'm sorry for the times that we are, you know, one foot in or we are applying air quotes to the word accept when we talk about accepting you. God, I want to I trust you more. We want to trust you more. Whatever we've walked in here with, Lord, I pray that you would just multiply it. Multiply our faith. Multiply our commitment. Multiply our gifts. So that as we're in the face of the enemy, when we look left and right and we're just, it's weeds, you know, we're feeling choked out, that we are able to actually look up and remember we're so rooted in your promises that actually this stuff doesn't matter anymore. That your peace that surpasses all understanding is what meets us every time we, we look to your face. Thank you for being faithful. We don't have to ask, are you being faithful? We don't have to ask, Lord, are you there? Because you are the same yesterday as a guy you are today, as a guy you're going to be tomorrow. God, you are so good. And you want us to lean on you. Teach us what that looks like. Not all of us know how to do that. And, you know, it's weird and it feels kind of uncomfortable in the beginning. And, but then, Lord, you're so faithful. We, just, we get to that point where we can't get enough of you. I pray that that's true of each of us, that we can't get enough of you. We're, we thrill at your word. Thank you again for joining us on the Convo Church podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com. 
and simply click the give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.